0: I'm not pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. Okay, so today I'm going to talk all about equipment. Um, So it is an artifact subtype uh, that we made back in Mirrodin and uh, uh, has since become evergreen. So I'm going to sort of talk about how we made it, how it became evergreen, and just some of the challenges that we've had along the way uh, with equipment. Okay, so our story begins... um, Actually, our story begins before Mirrodin. Um, if you go back into early magic, um, for example like Flying Carpet was in Arabian Nights. Um, and even if you go back to Alpha, I mean clearly there were objects that existed in early magic that were representing of things you would use, or things your creatures would use. Um, the reason I use Flying Carpet is Flying Carpet had a template where you could tap it, and as long as it stayed tapped, the creature that had it um, gained flying. Now, flying carpet also had this thing where if the creature died, you lost the flying carpet, but there, there were we did a bunch of mechanics in the early days where there were things that represented the creature making use of it. Um, we had a couple different weapons and things, but essentially the idea was, we really liked the idea that um, wouldn't it be cool to give your goblin a sword? You know, to, to, to be able to give something to your creatures. Um, and so early magic had bounced around with that idea. We, we, we definitely had cards that kind of mimicked, you know, your, your creature got to care about it. There were definitely cards that sort of, the, the and the template we tended to use was you would tap it and pick a creature, and as long as it stayed tapped, that was true of the creature, and then if it ever became untapped, but you could choose, you could choose not to untap it, but if it ever became untapped, then the creature lost that ability. And so... It had a lot of what you would later see with equipment—the idea that I have something, I could give it to somebody. But if you know, if the creature dies, I could give it to somebody else. Um, some of the early ones, like flying carpet, uh, were tied to the creature, so if the creature died, it died. But we we moved away from that pretty quick. Um, so anyway, okay. So now now we get to to Mirrodin design. So we're in the middle of Mirrodin design. So the one thing we knew about Mirrodin coming into it was we wanted an artifact theme set. Um, basically, what had happened was. Um, Invasion had been the first set that really had a theme for the block. It was the multicolor block. Before that, the way we did blocks before that were really just kind of like, oh, we just picked two mechanics and, you know, put them together. And Invasion was the first time they said, okay, we're gonna be about something. The block is thematically, mechanically um about something. Uh, and that it's not just all taking place on the same world. It's it's more than that. It's there's a mechanical identity to the set. Um, and invasion. The funny thing is, invasion started because um, we liked the idea of just doing a multicolor block. But it went over so well. Uh, and also, the other thing we did in invasion was we started sort of separating out. Like, what if we do the allies here and the enemies? That we started with, like having a theme allowed us to sort of play around the theme. Anyway, the next block was Odyssey that had a graveyard theme, uh, and then it was Onslaught that had a tribal theme. Uh, and when we got to Mirrodin, I' really wanted to do an artifact uh block um I had pitched it uh, I think as soon as it, as soon as we realized invasion was cool, I think I said I wanted to do an artifact block um and I mean, I guess what happened was Odyssey sort of became the, the graveyard once we figured what we wanted to be. But I, I really wanted to do an artifact block. And so I, so I kind of wasn't—Bill Rose, at the time, was the head designer. Um, Bill's now the VP of R&D. But at the time, Bill had the role, basically, that I hold now. Um, and uh, I, I was in his ear and said I really wanted to make an artifact block. So at some point, Bill's like, okay, it's time. We're making an artifact block. And so, Tyler Bielman, who was the creative director of the time, charge of the creative team at the time, he and I really were fascinated by the idea of a metal world. And we did a lot of... But, but part of that was, okay, it's an artifact set. We, we wanted... Uh, what were the cool things you could do with artifacts? And so, we went and we looked at the long list of items, of things like we'd wanted to do with artifacts. And one of the things on that list was equipment. Um... I think, interestingly enough, we called it Equipment. Like, Equipment is interesting. Like, we named it Equipment. We referred to it as Equipment. In design, we called it Equipment. It ended up being called Equipment in uh, the, in print. And so it's always been called Equipment. Um, I, mean, I think it's the, kind of the obvious name. We wanted some term that is pretty generic. Like, we wanted a sword and a spear and a shield and boots and a magical orb to all fit in this. And so Equipment did a good job of, of, of feeling like that. Um, so anyway, we knew early on we wanted to do equipment. I mean, like, it was one of the things that we said we wanted to do a artifact block that we wanted to see if we could, like, a lot of times what happens is we come up with an idea, and it's just an idea floating around, and like, oh, we really should do this. Uh, vehicles is another example of this kind of thing, where we talked about doing vehicles forever, and then finally we had to set, we're like, okay, if we're going to do vehicles, this is the set to do them. Uh, Mirrodin was that set for equipment. Like, if we're going to do equipment. It's an artifact world. It's all about artifacts. We're going to have more artifacts than normal. We're going to care about artifacts. If we're going to do something with artifacts, this is a great time to introduce a new artifact thing. So we said, okay, let's let's do equipment. Now, the first attempt we had on equipment, we made them just like auras. They were li- literally, I think the earliest version we did was, for all intents and purposes, it just was an artifact aura. That it was an artifact, but you when you cast it, you put it on something, and that when that creature died, it went to the graveyard. Um, I think the reason I tried that first was, like, one of the things I often try is, what what is the simplest version of something? Does the simplest version work? Uh, and what we found was two things. One was, like, auras have all sorts of problems. I'll also do a podcast on auras one of these days. Auras have lots of challenges to them. Um... And so, repeating, like, just making the work the same just meant all the problems of the auras were just going to pop up again. Um, the second issue was um, flavor-wise. Like, for example, when I said when we made uh, the precursors to this, it was interesting that you tapped it, and as long as it was really tapped, that creature gained the abilities. But if it untapped, you could move it to a different creature. So, the idea of the equipment sort of... Existing beyond the creature, that if the if you give a sword to a goblin and the goblin dies, well, the sword just falls to the ground. It, it, you can use the sword, the goblin dying doesn't make the sword no good anymore. Um, and, and the second part of it was that something about it really was the idea of moving it around. Like, I give a sword to my goblin, but then my goblin falls, so I give a sword to my merfolk, or you know, whatever. I, I the idea that you could put them on different things made a lot of sense. Um, and we early on, we were trying to sort of do like try to find the simplest way to do it. But what we found was okay, we have to at least figure out um, how to make it something that you could choose to put on something and could be put on different things. And if that, that creature somehow died, you didn't necessarily lose it. Like, we didn't want the negatives of auras. I mean, auras still exist and there's values to auras. But we, we thought if we're going to make something new, first of all, auras exist. Uh, let's make something different and let's fit the flavor of what we're trying to make, which was equipment. Um, okay, so the idea basically then was, we said, okay, how do we make it such that a creature can have it, but if a creature dies, it doesn't die with the creature? Um, and so the, probably the biggest innovation we came up with was the idea that, unlike auras, equipment can sit on the battlefield. That they don't need to be attached to something to exist. Like, one of the problems of auras is auras, by definition, have to be connected to something. So, if, you're, you know, if the thing you're on goes away, then it has to go away. Um, but the idea of, I like, give my goblin a sword, my goblin dies, okay, the sword just falls to the ground, somebody else can pick up the sword. Um, okay, so mechanically what we realized was, what if we created something that could could exist by itself? Not that it necessarily had to do anything by itself, but it, it could exist as an artifact. It was a thing. And that's when we came up with the idea of equipping. Uh, and what equipping meant was, okay, imagine you have this thing, but then there's an extra step you take to then connect it to a creature. And the fact that it it can exist without the creature meant that the creature dies, the rules know what to do with it. Well, if I give a sword to my goblin and the goblin dies, well, the sword just sits there, because it, it can exist by itself. That was the big innovation with equipment, is the idea that this thing can exist as its own entity. Even though it's associated with being connected to creatures, um... And the other thing we wanted, so we we did end up using equipment, and, and equip uh, attaches things much like um, a, an aura attaches things. So we did use sort of attaching. Uh, that the attach mechanic got used, if you will. Attach is a a, a keyword. Is a keyword uh, action that says this thing is now connected to that permanent. This permanent is now connected to that permanent. Um, Some things like auras always have to be attached, but some things like equipment, and this was the big innovation, don't need to be attached. There are things that can be unattached and then become attached. And so the idea we had here was that it could sit on the battlefield by itself, and then we'd have an equip cost. Okay, so the first set that had uh, equipment was Mirrodin, and there were 20 um, equipment in it. Um, I mean, we decided this was like it was the artifact set. This is one of the big things about it. We so we really went all we went all in on equipment. Twenty equipment is a lot of equipment, Um, and a lot of it was common. There was a decent number of common. I mean, there there they existed at all rarities, but uh, we definitely put a bunch of common. And there were some pretty strong ones in common. Like one of the things we've we've learned over the years is, um, whenever you're doing something new, it's very easy to not like. It's very easy to. cost and, and, and to balance, because the way we tend to cost things normally is we compare them to things we've done before. Okay, well, this is what that costs, and then we try to extrapolate and say, well, okay, this is like that, but not exactly like that. And I think early on, we were giving too much credence to the negativeness of auras without realizing that we'd really taken away the biggest negative of auras. The real downside of an aura is the card disadvantage, right? I spend mana and a card to do something, and then you can spend one mana, not only destroy my creature, but destroy my aura. So now your one card is destroy two of my cards. But equipment got around that problem. Equipment said, "Well, you know, I mean, you can destroy the equipment. You can shatter or whatever. You can you can directly destroy the equipment. But then that's one for one. If you destroy the creature, you're not destroying the thing attached to it. And that was really a, a different animal. So." when we first made Equipment, I mean, Mirrodin has all sorts of developmental issues. It's, um... I'm not sure what the most broken uh, like, set developmentally. Um, I think Mirrodin is number one or number two. Uh, Urza Saga being the, the other one. Um, but as a, as a sense, like, for example, Throne of the Eldraine is very powerful, but neither is as powerful as Mirrodin or as um, uh, Urza as far as, like, the, how how... Crazy it kind of got. Um, so anyway, we made a bunch of things. Now, one of the fun things about it was... Um, some of the items... Like, some of the items we'd made in the past... You know, we just made for you, the player. Like, a lot of the equipment we had made in the past was like... Well, we made a sword that's kind of like... Well, you, the player, have the sword. Or you, the player, have the armor, you know. it It's sort of like you, the planeswalker, when we gave you equipment, like, if, if, if you equipped anybody originally, it was kind of like you equipped yourself. Um, and then we had tried our hand at sort of things that k- kind of got the flavor of I'm g- I'm giving the sword to the goblin. Um, but the one nice thing when we made equipment was we really were allowed to sort of dive much deeper into that. So... Um, like Lightning Greaves, for example. So, Lightning Greaves is an equipment that costs two mana. Equip creature has haste and can't be the target of spells or abilities. Um, so, it, actually, that's... I'm reading the original text. So, now, it is haste and shroud. Uh, because, uh... At, at, the, at the time, we used to, uh... Um... We now we, like if we were doing them now it would be hexproof and we've done more recent versions that are hexproof. But uh, at the time, that's how it. That uh, shroud wasn't a keyword yet. This is uh, shroud became a keyword in future sight, which would be two sets later. Um, but for example, I don't think we had done boots up to that point. I think I think lightning greaves might be our first boots. Um, and even some of the other stuff. I mean, we had done gauntlets and armor and hammers and swords and stuff and axes, but. Um, we, we, we really allowed us to start getting much more uh, fine-tuned in some of that stuff. And so there were a lot of cool things. Um, I remember, so Bone Splitter's funny. So Bone Splitter is an uh, equipment that costs one. Uh, equip Creature gets plus two, plus zero. Equip one. This is what we first made and said, okay, this is the base-level equipment. Turns out that Bone splitter is a little better than it's supposed to, you know, um, especially at Common. Um, but... Uh, That was sort of us trying very simply. And then one of the things, if you look at the early things, definitely us uh, experimenting around. Um, For example, Viridian Longbow uh, is us using equipment to grant a tapping ability. So uh, that costs one. Equip creature has tap. This creature deals one damage to a creature or player. Equip three. So that is, I'm giving them a bow, and then I can shoot people with my bow. Um, And... uh, and then, yeah, so a lot of early equipment... So let me run through real quickly of, of the 20. So, like, Banshee's Blade was two. Equip Creature gets plus almost one, plus one for each charge counter Banshee's Blade. Whenever equipped Creature deals combat uh, damage, put a charge counter on this card. So Banshee's Blade was the first equipment that uh, acquired counters so it could grow with time. Um, like, Bone Splitter was our, our vanilla. let uh, see. Dead Dead Iron Sledge, one mana equipment. Whenever equipped Creature blocks, or becomes blocked by a creature. Destroy that creature and Equip Creature. Um... Oh, so the idea here is whenever I get in a fight with something, I and the thing I get in a fight with are going to be destroyed. Um, and the, the thing that's cool, like for a good example here, um, this doesn't make a good aura because the second I get in a fight with something, I die and the aura would die. So, like, it's it, in an aura, it really becomes this, like, okay, well... You know, whenever I I block a block, I and it all die. But then you lose that. That, We were trying to take advantage of of mechanics and things that would make sense because there is continuity of the thing sticking around. And Dead Iron Sledge is a good example of that. Uh, Imperial Plate uh, costs two. Um, Equipped a creature gets plus one, plus one for each card in your hand. Equip two. Um, So this is a good example where we took some fun auras... Um, and, like, Imperial Armor is this. Imperial plates us not into that. Um, we also had some fun taking things that were auras and getting to juice them up a little bit because it, an equipment is a little bit better than an aura. So, I mean, this does what the aura does, and maybe it costs a little more to use because you have to play it for two and equip it for two. But if your creature dies, you get to move it. Or, or not even the creature dies. The other nice thing about equipment is sometimes I put it on a creature, but then I get a better creature that's more valuable to have that. Okay, Fire Shrieker, three mana... Equip creature has double strike equip two um yeah the, the, a lot of what you'll see in um it's funny we're both trying to sort of do some basic simple equipment and we're trying to explore with where equipment can be um so gollum skin gauntlets one artifact equipment. Uh, Equip creature gets plus one plus zero for each equipment attached to it. Equip two. So that's us doing some linear designs, like the idea of it's, it's, you would draft this, it's an uncommon, and then it says, oh, what you want to do is play a deck with lots of equipment. And so this encourages you to play a lot of equipment. Um... Lean and Scimitar, uh, oh, this is along with Bone Splitter. So one mana, equip creature gets plus one plus one, equip one. So Bone Splitter and Lean and Scimitar were kind of our, our base level symbol commons at the time. Lean and Scimitar is closer to being correct than Bone Splitter. Interesting how, uh, how power plays out. But uh, it is definitely looking at sort of like we did have a lot of clean, simple things. Lightning Greaves, two mana, equip creature has haste and can't be targeted, spells or abilities or shroud, equip zero. Um, This is us, A, making our first boots, but also messing around with Equip Zero, which means I can move it around for free. Uh, We don't do a lot of Equip Zero. One of the lessons of Lightning Greaves was you kind of want to have, like, you want it to mean something to move things. In fact, one of the things over time that started to happen is um, we've been much more conscious now about making Equip costs a little bit higher. Not that we don't do some cheap Equip costs, but we kind of want you to commit and have a creature having the equipment. The idea that you just constantly move it around, um... Developmentally can cause some issues. Play design-wise can cause some issues. So, um... Like I said, it's not that we don't make cheap to equipment, we don't do equip zero much, but we tend to make things a little more to equip. Locks it on Warhammer. This was a pretty popular card. Costs three. Equip creature has plus three, plus zero, and trample. And whenever this creature deals damage, you gain that much life. Equip three. Um... And once again, like... You can see at the common level, we were trying to sort of make nice, clean, simple cards. At the uncommon level, we would start making sort of exciting cards that you might draft early. That it just changes what you want to do or how you do it. Uh, like I said, Lax in a Warhammer was definitely uh, a card that saw a lot of play. Mask of Memory too. Uh, whenever a equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may draw two cards. If you do, discard a card from your hand. Um, so this is something we're trying to get card advantage into it. Um, the funny thing is, I think this card might have originally been uh, what we call curiosity. Just equip creature gets, when it deals damage, draw a card. And I guess we felt that wasn't good enough, so we had you draw two cards and discard one. Um, part of it also might be... Yeah, that's my assumption. My assumption was we were just trying to make it better. It's funny. I think nowadays we will are ju- just willing to make the curiosity. I think one of the things when you first make a set, uh, first make um, a mechanic, is you kind of want to make sure it's splashy enough. And so I think we, we push things in places where we didn't need, necessarily need to push it. Uh, New York Hover Sale is another simple common. One, Equip Creature is flying, Equip 2. Um, you, you really could see that at common, we really were trying to show the simplicity. Like, one of the big things that I'm very proud of in Mirrodin, if you go look at the commons, while the set has a lot going on, the commons are pretty streamlined and very simple. Um, nowadays, we, we... we I mean, it's one of the things that magic goes back and forth on. How how simple are things supposed to be at common? Obviously, New World Order really have had to simplify some things up. Um, but we're going back and forth. Like, one of the things that we play around with is how much complexity can there be a common and how do you hide complexity? You know, so, uh, anyway, an ongoing thing, but the, the, if you look at the equipment, the, the common equipment in, um, Mirrodin, it is very clean and streamlined. Okay, next, Nightmare Lash, four. Uh, equip creature gets plus, plus one, plus for each swamp you control. Equip pay three life. Okay, so, in Mirrodin, we played around with the idea that maybe equipment, uh, doesn't have to be mana. I think this is the only card that isn't mana- In, uh, yeah, this is the only card that isn't mana in Mirrodin. Um, so this card plays around two things. One thing, the idea that equip costs could be other costs. We knew that when we made it. This card is kind of us nodding, saying, hey, equip costs don't have to be mana. Mana is probably the cleanest, easiest way to do it, but there are other things. Um, the second thing is us saying, hey, not all equipment is necessarily geared toward every color the same. For example... Now, at the time, we, re- we didn't really do... Well, co- we didn't. We didn't do colored equipment. Um, two sets later in Future Sight, I would introduce the very first colored equipment, I guess. I guess. Um, the, we, um, in Future Sight, one of the Future Shifter cards was a colored equipment. Um, a hint of things to come. Uh, but at the time, the idea was we were fine with this card for all intents and purposes. Look, you're not playing this in not a heavy black deck. It cares about Swamps. You're probably playing this in a mono-black deck. I mean, maybe maybe you're splashing a second color. Um, But anyway, it was okay. We said, you know what? The the, the equipment paying life, yeah, that feels really black. What it does really cares about being in black, uh, having swamps. So um, that's really us saying that we were willing to start making, even from the very beginning, we were willing to make artifacts and push in certain directions and say, hey, not every color can use this equally. Um, That's something we did from very early on. Obviously, as we get into color costs and stuff, we push more in that direction. Okay, Scythe of the Wretched. So it costs 2, plus 2, plus 2. Whenever a creature dealt damage by a quick creature this turn is put into a graveyard, return that play under your control, attach Scythe of the Wretched to that creature. Um, So the idea here is, whenever I I kill something with this card, I bring it back, and then that new card gets the Scythe of the Wretched. Um, So, once again... uh, you could see that we are playing around with the idea that we can set, we can we can attach things, even though this has equip costs. This has an alternate way by which it gets equipped. Um, one of the things you'll notice as we do more and more design, I'm not sure how far we'll get today, um, but really one of the things that's interesting to look at is that we set up the base of okay there's you know you play it and there's equipped costs but then we circumvent that on some ways and one of the things we've been doing more and more of is letting you equip things right away as in enter the battlefield effect. for example in Zendikar rising you know we we did that on all the equipment next slagworn armor one equip creature plus 0 plus 6 equip 3 um Oh, this is another common... Just the idea of, okay, could toughness matter? Sort of a toughness matter. I know we pushed it a little bit. This is one of the things we really experimented when we made this card of how much could the toughness be. I think at one point it was even a little bit higher, uh, but we ended up at six. Oh, one thing, by the way, I did not mention real quickly. Uh, So equip... When you equip... This is what equip says. It's attached target creature you control. Equip only as a sorcery. This card comes into play unattached and stays in play if the creature leaves play. And then the current equip thing is... Attach to target creature you control. Equip only as a sorcery. This card enters the battlefield unattached and stays on the battlefield if the creature leaves. Um, so one of the things is, why did we make it sorcery speed? Uh, and the answer is, we. one of the things we wanted to do with equipment is we wanted to do things that make the creatures matter in combat. Um, if you made it instant speed, it really complicates the board state. It really makes because, for example, let's let's say I even have something as simple as Lean and Scimitar, right? For one mana, I can give a creature plus one plus one. Okay, now all of a sudden, if I have four creatures in play, my opponent has to go. Okay, and I have one mana open. My opponent has to say, okay, any one of those creatures could cost one, uh, could be plus one plus one more. Um, And that really, just the amount of combinatorics of figuring out what that means, really complicates things. And so we did it at the Sorcery Speed, so we could do combat-mattering things. We want, like, part of equipment is you want it to matter in combat. It's things that you're putting on a creature, and the number one value for a lot of creatures is combat. So, like, we really want it to matter in combat. Okay, next up, Sword of Cauldre, four mana, Legendary Artifact. Uh, equip creature gets plus five, five, f- plus, five plus five. Whenever equipped creature deals damage to a creature, remove that creature from the game, equip four. Um, uh, once again, I'm reading the original, uh, it now says exile rather than remove from game. Um, so this was the first legendary uh, equipment we made. Um in fact I think it's the only ledger equipment in the first set, although uh it's part of a cycle. So the other thing is uh Sword of Cauldra, Shield of Cauldra, Helm of Cauldra were three equipments, but if you got all three into play, they generated uh the Cauldra token. Um and the Cauldra token, um where is it? Um where's, where's the Cauldra token? Um the Helm of Cauldra. Um where's the helm of Cauldra? Uh, the Helm of Caldra, I think it made, what was it, a 5-5? Five, five? Oh, the Helm of Caldra. Uh, 4-4. It, four, four. it makes a 4-4 four, four avatar made named Caldra. I'll, I'll get, we'll get there. Um, anyway, this was definitely us trying to get as splashy as we could. Like I said, 4 mana to cast, 4 mana to equip, plus 5, plus 5. It, it exiles any creature it deals damage to. We were really trying to make something splashy and something that played into larger stuff. Uh, for example, it's us playing it into, into flavor in, in a strong way. Like, one of the things, by the way, the reason we did equipment, one of the reasons, um, not only did we think that, that equipment would be fun for gameplay, but the, the flavor dividends of equipment is so high. Just making all these cool things. Like, one of the things, like, if you look at something like Dungeon Dragons, a lot of the, the cool artifacts Dungeon Dragons are things that your, your, your creatures, you know, your characters get to use, and it, it's, it's really fun. Like, there's a lot of fun flavor space uh, in pop culture, with enchanted swords and all sorts of fun stuff. And so, this this really gave us a chance to do that. Um, Viridian Longbow, we talked about Viridian Longbow. Uh, one uh, enchanted creature is tap, uh, deal one damage to a creature or player. Which uh, does not say creature or player, or it says any target. Not says any target. Um, but the idea that you could graft on something and, you know, that equipment... M- Auras had already done this, so obviously a lot of the space we were playing in, Auras had mapped the ground already. Um, But, for example, the interesting thing about this card is, and this is why the equip costs three, is I can put it on a creature, tap to do one damage, I can move it to another creature that's untapped and do another damage. So, if I have enough mana, this card lets me sort of do a bunch of damage, you know, with this one singular card by handing around the bow from creature to creature. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, for example, this is equipped three. You gotta be careful with that. Um, the The goal of this is not to turn it into sort of a spell, but there is some neat things you can do with that. Okay, so. Uh, Varak Battle Horns, two mana. Equip creature as trample and can't be blocked by more than one creature. Equip one. This is another one of our commons. Uh, we thought that trample just wasn't enough, and so. Uh, what we call stalking. Uh, you can only block by one creature. So this says trample and stalking. So the stalking is nice because if you can only block by one creature, it increases the chance that trample means something. Um, Volshack Battle Gear, three mana, equip creature gets plus super three, equip three. That's us. Like, this is the uncommon. So this is the simple uncommon that's bigger. You, you could, One of the things that's fun as I look back is you can see us like mapping space and trying to understand stuff. Um, so one of the things, by the way, is my equipment podcast. Um, they might not all be consecutive, but this is something I'm going to come back to just because there's a lots of fun on equipment. Um, anyway, so let, let me. I'll finish up with, uh, with Mirrodin and we'll probably wrap it up for today. Um, but I will be coming back in future times. Like I said, not necessarily consecutive, but um, I, I think equipment's a lot of fun. It's, it's fun to go back and look at and talk, see where the innovations are. So anyway, Volstrak Gauntlets, two... A creature gets plus four, plus two, and doesn't untap its controllers. Untap step, equip three. Okay, let me bring us another thing about equipment. One of the things we decided was we didn't put an unequip cost. Uh, in design, for a while, uh, equipping and unequipping existed on the cards. So if you could equip for three, you also could unequip for three. And what that meant is you could spend three just to take it off the creature and put it back on, sort of the ground, if you will. Um, We decided that it didn't come up enough to be relevant, and that it, um... We liked the idea that, okay, if you give your creature... The creature's got to hold on to it until you can give it to somebody else. You can't... And and it allowed us to do things like Volshred Gauntlets, right? Where there's a negative tie to it. Now, if I want to stick it on my creature, okay, there's a positive that comes there. It gets plus four, plus two, but it also comes with a negative. Now it's equipment, you can move it, you know, but once again, when you when you get rid of the downside, you get rid of the upside. Um, but the the not having the unequipped cost on it did allow us to do some designs that we probably wouldn't have done had we not done that. Okay, the final equipment I'm going to talk about today is World Slayer. Five mana. Whenever a equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, destroy all permanents other than World Slayer. Um, so this is, so how many rares did we have? So, Sword of Calder was a rare. I think that might be it. Oh, no, uh, Imperial Plate. Uh, the, the plus one, plus one for all your... So, Imperial Plate was, like, a card that we knew, people already knew that new was powerful. That made a fun rare. Um, Nightmare Lash was a rare. Oh, there are a couple rares here. Nightmare Lash was a rare. That's the thing, plus one, plus one for your swamps. Scythe of the Wretched was a rare, um, because, you know, it kills things and takes them. Uh, of Calder was a rare. The final rare was World's Lair. Um, it's funny, I look at this card now and I'm like... Man, I, this is the kind of card that, in modern day, we'd probably make legendary, just because it's like, I hit and destroy everything, uh, feels pretty grandiose, um, and it's not really like you need two World Slayers, you're not like, it's not you need a World Slayer in each hand, um, so, that's the kind of card, looking back, that I probably would've made legendary in retrospect, um, now, like I said, we were willing to do legendary, we did Solar, ca- solar cauldron. I, I think we were a little... Back in the day, prior to Commander sort of being as popular as it was, we were much stingier with Legendary um, that we used it, and we used it where we needed to, but we were, we were much stingier with it, and so... Um, but anyway, so that is... So we got through Meriden. Um, yeah, one of the things before I wrap up for today, I just want to say that, like, one of the things that's really interesting for me as, as a historian of magic design, if you will, is watching us do something and see the earlier versions, see the Model T, if you will. Um, and the funny thing is, look, there's some developmental issues to go on here. Um, but if you, if you divorce us from that, okay, we took us a little while to figure out how best the costume is and that. I mean, it, it was a new thing. Um, from a design standpoint, we really hit the ground running. Like, we have some nice, very clean, simple cards. We have some exciting cards. We have, like, we have card. we have alternate costs. Like, you can see from the very first time we did equipment, we're dipping our toe right away and experimenting that, like, I look back as, you know, obviously I was involved in making of these, but it's, it's, we... It, we made something very flavorful and clean, and as I'll talk about in the next uh, next time, these cards went to evergreen uh, like immediately. Like they were almost they almost were evergreen in the set we introduced them in. Although technically, I guess they weren't evergreen till they showed up in another block. But um, I, I look back now, and like I said, it's, it's not that there aren't things we can do better. It's not little tweaks that we could improve upon. Yeah, yeah, the the. Uh, the power level is something that clearly has some room for improvement, but uh, from a design standpoint, we really did a good job of making a nice, clean mechanic, mechanical shell that has allowed us to do a lot of really cool stuff along the way. Yeah, we didn't get to coward yet, and anyway, there's lots of things we'll learn along the way, um, but when I look back as, as somebody who uh, was involved and who still makes uh, equipment today, we, we did a pretty good first pass for, for, for uh, a new c- card subtype. I think we, we did a pretty solid, it was a pretty solid design. But anyway, I can now see my desk. So we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.